Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Five Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. To start the news this week, we've got a little into news. On a previous episode, I talked about the announcement of an office removal MSI. This week, a new office MSI removal feature became available with Intune and C2R. With more and more organizations looking to consolidate deployments into Intune over SCCM, this could be relevant to many. Before trying it out, you should be aware all MSI Office apps, including Visio, Project, Language Packs, and Proofing Tools, not just the Office 365 apps being deployed through Intune, will be uninstalled. And while speaking of Intune, there are also a set of new features this week, including deployment of line of business apps for Mac OS, as both required are available with enrollment types, the ability to edit Office 365 Pro Plus deployments, PKCS imported certificate support, new Wi-Fi configuration options for Windows 10, eSIM configurations, and bulk delete services. And also drumroll, support for the new MSIX package format, which I gave a brief demo overview of in episode 30 last week of the podcast. If you want a glimpse of that, take a look at the YouTube version of last week's episode. I have a blog post currently sitting in drafts, which I hope to get up in the next coming weeks. But so far, I'll say it's a very simple packaging tool and very easy to both package and deploy MSIX applications so far in my testing. And Intune support makes it a much more viable package format going forward. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on MSIX going forward. It's not all good news for Intune this week, however. Microsoft's TechNet blog revealed Intune Managed Store app installs can fail on iOS version 11.3.1 and 11.4 when Face ID or Touch ID are enabled for iTunes and App Store. So beware of that for your iOS end users. In other news, online forum Reddit, which I'm sure the majority of techies are aware of, has confirmed a data breach in which usernames and encrypted passwords data were compromised. But they have not said how many of its users have been affected and there's like over 200 million reddit users so i mean hopefully it's not all of them but i guess we'll find out if you're a reddit user it's best to change your password and if you haven't already go into your password change option and also enable two-factor authentication this week cisco has agreed to pay 2.35 billion dollars for security startup duo security Duo is an authentication service that focuses on two-factor authentication, helping to identify a company's employees across a range of devices or applications. The MarketWatch article that I got my information from suggests it's a product somewhat similar to Okta, and Okta has been definitely increasing in popularity and adoption across the enterprise, so that's quite interesting for those existing Cisco customers. Duo had raised about $118 million in venture funding. This is another acquisition and a seeming pivot for Cisco, expanding into being much more than just a networking or VoIP company. HP have followed in the footsteps of many major tech companies. They launched a bug bounty program for printers Tuesday with a max payout of $10,000 of vulnerability. The company has partnered with BugCrowd to offer between $500 and $10,000 for bug discoveries and have said that it marks the first ever bug bounty program for printers. HP said 
its bug bounty program will run indefinitely, but the company eventually plans to extend it to its PC lineup too. Vulnerabilities in printers are an increasing threat, and obviously the vast majority of organizations have printers, so it's quite a large surface area for attack. So this is welcome news. This week, iGel have launched a new knowledge base for their product line, including UMS, their hardware, Endpoint OS, and more. You can find that at kb.igel.com. This next bit of info is not news per se, as it was released early this month, but I just stumbled upon it as part of research for a Windows 10 migration. Microsoft released a security compliance toolkit which allows you to download, analyze, test, edit, and store Microsoft recommended security configuration baselines for Windows and other Microsoft products while comparing them against other security configurations. It works for various different releases of Windows 10 too. I'm sure your InfoSec team will claim to know better than Microsoft, but it's a good conversation starter if nothing else. How do their best practices line up against Microsoft's best practices? This week, Michael Nihas shared a graph plotting all of the features added from Windows 10 15.07, which was released three years ago, through to 18.03 today. And if you listen to the podcast, you'll have heard about more features which have been added to the preview versions, which will be coming soon. The rate of development in Windows 10 compared to other desktop Windows operating systems is pretty remarkable. Congrats to the Windows team for what must be a grueling development cycle. This week a call has gone out for those passionate about PowerShell to share their love and submit a session, 10 minutes max, to the new PS Power Hour. It will be hosted on YouTube and GitHub. It doesn't matter if you're a first timer, beginner, intermediate, or somewhat intermediate or advanced speaker, they're looking for speakers of all levels and everyone is encouraged if you have some information that you'd like to share some PowerShell knowledge by all means submit if you've never been a speaker before this could be the perfect launching pad for you to get more involved in speaking in the community a previous episode of the podcast scripts tricks and tips featured a great script for installing all visual C++ redistributables creator Aaron Parker has been updating the script with several new features for gathering info on installs such as uninstall information and version metadata. To see what's been added over time and to check out the script for yourself, check out stealthpuppy.com and I'll share links directly to the Visual C++ redistributable installation tool under episode 31's resource links on 5bytespodcast.com as well as in the description on the YouTube edition of this episode. And now for this week's hot job. This week, Elon Musk tweeted to urge those who are into game development to apply to work at Tesla. They are seeking talented people to help develop fun games that integrate the the center touchscreen in the cars, the phone, and the car. It's certainly a unique opportunity, so if game development is your passion, this could be a really good one for you. And now for this week's scripts, tricks, and tips. This week's tip comes courtesy of Patrick Grenier. Thanks to him for sharing info on the Resolve DNS name commandlet in PowerShell. If you work in IT, you probably use NSLOOKUP quite often to get the host name of a machine using its IP address. The Resolve DNS name commandlet accepts various different input types, 
can be stringed together with other commands to extend its capabilities and outputs into a nice tidy format. If you go to use NSLOOKUP in your day-to-day -day work, just open up PowerShell and get into the habit of using this instead. I think you'll see the advantages. That's it for another week. Just before I sign off, I'm running a Fantasy Premier League once again on RoryMon.com. You can find that via Twitter on my Twitter handle at RoryMon or on RoryMon.com if you search Fantasy Premier League. You can sign up and get the code. The person who chooses the best team name will win a $25 Amazon gift card and the winner of the league will get a jersey of their choice. Also, if you want to get my newsletter, which I only send out maybe two or three times a year, so it's not like an annoyance, go ahead and sign up in the banner of 5bytespodcast.com. As always, thanks for listening.